0: Freaks, and welcome to Radical Research. This is episode 75. We will be looking at Answer and Frantic Bleep, both short lived bands from Norway. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute, but first, welcome Hunter
1: again. Good evening. How you Good doing? Good to sir? be here as always. Doing fine, thank you.
0: We had hoped to follow up the In the Woods episode a little quicker, but the holidays came. Uh, you did some travel, I did some travel. I got COVID um, despite being triple vaxxed and taking all the usual precautions. I somehow got it. So I uh, we've had just delay after delay, after delay, but we're always listening. Uh, You and I are always talking and Norway will, will be there for us. Norway will wait. Yes. Norway is
1: always there for us.
0: Yes. As the not very famous adage goes, Norway waits for everyone. (laughs) Um, But anyway, uh, anything else? How you, how you been? Any, anything that, You want to talk about that you've been listening to
1: the disma album um, that i I got on vinyl and um i recently got the uh samael collection on vinyl Mm. that goes through um worship him through eternal and i actually had a really really good listen to passage which is an album that um i didn't love when it was released yeah um, mostly because it didn't sound like ceremony (laughs) Um, right but uh yeah i had a really good listen to both of those
0: fantastic i'm not i haven't delved into disma does that have craig Pillard in it it does yeah okay and and which disma are you talking about
1: uh the toward the megalith
0: so i I think you would like
1: it it's a yeah
0: Someday. You know, I bought that Ripakulu. I wanted to talk to you about this. I bought that Ripakulu um, Musta Ceremonia on mm-hmm. the, the Zvart reissue. Listen to it a second time. And I still have the issue with it that I had the first time, which is that okay. uh, I just don't think it's all that remarkable. And I thought, because listeners always think that we agree, uh, this is one we don't agree on. I, I find this to be very standard, really nothing all that exciting about it until you get to the last track, which I think is by far the best song on the, on that little EP. <clears throat> or whatever it is. I don't know if it constitutes an album. It was originally a demo. I don't think
1: I'd yeah, I, I call yeah. it an album. Yeah.
0: What, 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 what about this Ripakulu uh, interests you so much? Because that's appeared on your playlist a lot in the last few years.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. I love the atmosphere, and I think it has a very peculiar atmosphere. Uh, I think it's remarkably heavy. Um, and just, it's just got this monochrome, pitch black kind of vibe about it. Oh. And when I want that, that album always seems to scratch the itch for me.
0: Okay, interesting. Um, just want to say th- we we uh, we want to say thanks to uh, all the listeners who do deal with our delays and keep coming back episode after episode and playlist post after playlist post on Facebook because um, we you know we we do sometimes take a while to do these things. And we have other things going on in our lives, so we're up to seventy five. We will get to a hundred, and then after that we might just collapse and, and die. Cause you know, what, what <laughs> else can you do after you do a hundred of these things? Want to invite you to support us any way you can. You can go to radicalresearch.org, pick up shirts, canvas solaris CDs, uh, my first book. You can also just send us a PayPal donation. If you like uh, the PayPal ID of radical research podcast at gmail.com. Let's get into it, Hunter. This is, um, We're going to start with Ansur, A-N-S-U-R. I've always said it, Ansur. You say it, Answer. Who the hell knows? They began in 2004, released a demo of four songs that was rather primitive and not all that outstanding. Uh, Two years later, came out with their first album. And we're going to sample a track from the demo and sample a track from the album, the debut album, Axiom, uh, and talk a whole lot more about them and get into it after this. tracks from answer there uh they hail from droman uh in the southeastern part of norway they're a trio consisting of members vocalist espen auli guitarist torstein naip Nipe or Nipe, it's n-i-p-e uh, and drummer glenn ferguson which is not a very norwegian sounding name but we'll we'll, we'll <laughs> go ahead and I, I had suspicions that he was a drum machine because there is a drum machine on the demo. Sure. Uh, throughout the, the two albums, there are moments that sound certainly programmed or something, but um, no, he's a, he's a real guy. At least they have a guy wearing behemoth and Nile shirts in the, in the uh, packages. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. I guess he's a real dude. Glenn Ferguson. What do you make of the demo track and sort of the jump to the first album two years later?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty remarkable evolution. Uh, the, the demo track that we heard, I, I, I quite like it. Um, even though it's fairly nondescript kind of Norwegian black metal, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a sound that pleases me. There was that one break in the middle where it just goes to guitar. And um, it reminded me almost of something off of Carpathian Forest defending the throne of evil. Ah, wow, um, interesting. Which is a pretty primitive reference point compared to the sort of other touchstones that um, that mark the uh, the the two albums.
0: <laughs> sure, yeah, we're not thinking oh. about Carpathian Forest and, and any no. of that. It's not bad. I I just when I finally heard this demo, this was after you know certainly years after I was well into these two albums. You know, I didn't expect much, and I, I didn't feel like I got much. I I, right. I I like aspects, and it's funny that you brought up Carpathian because I think of the first Adam's Guard album, Chrono Til Konga there's an element sometimes to the demo that reminds me of that approach as well. Yep. Um and I think the only reason they get away with kind of a just a just a good black metal demo in what was it 2002 uh you know and that's later in the game obviously um is because they are norwegian. Like I think if we heard that in 2002 from I don't know some somebody in Australia or US it would almost maybe I'm just tricking my my own mind, but I just feel like it wouldn't seem as, as interesting. Uh, and, and, it's, again, it's got limited interest for me already, uh, because I think Carpathian forest and Donum's guard did it better and whoever else you want to compare that to, but it's, you know, Hey, it's, I think it's better than anything by ancient I've heard. So, um, we'll get some mail on that people, people standing up for early ancient and that's cool. As People long as you do. don't stand up for later ancient, that's the, that's the whole. It's still
1: one of the worst looking back black metal bands ever. <laughs> I, worst I hope looking. We can agree worst, on that.
0: The worst looking Well, the guy did wear a wig and, and that's not even verboten. I mean, I, I'm all, I'm all for bands crossing that threshold between what, what you should look like and, and, you know, sort of the escapist route. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine. But you know, when, when you wear a wig and it looks like a wig, yeah, that's a problem. It is. Um. <laughs> <laughs> to mention nothing of the sound. Anywho, um, and yeah, so, so to jump to Earth Erasure, walk us through that, because it's pretty significant in terms of the jump.
1: Very much so, um, especially in the, the guitar riffing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the guitar playing is really one of the most important aspects of the two answer records that we'll kind of travel through this evening. I think, I think a guy is an unbelievable guitarist. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think it should be noted though, that it's still a pretty feral sound. Um, There's a certain rawness to the production. I think the vocals uh, are, even though they're they're pitched a bit lower than on the demo and have developed some personality outside of just your rote black metal vocal style, Mm -hmm. it's still pretty aggressive. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's the thing about this band is like I suppose you could call them a progressive metal band, however reductive that might be, but there was there was always a a heavier edge to, to answer than you know is usually the case in progressive metal.
0: Well, sure. And you, and you know how I feel about the definition of progressive. That could be any, that sure. could be disharmonic orchestra. And it is, yep. it is. Um, it's Despel Omega as well as dream theater and symphony X. You know what I mean? Like it, yep. it it's, that's the span for me. However, you make a really great point and, and I do, and I do agree with you and, and the remarkable thing about this band's very short life is that they made probably an even bigger jump between the album album number one to album number two than they did from the demo to the album, which is already significant enough. So, you know, one of the reasons that we like them and certainly one of the reasons we're featuring them on this little Norwegian run of episodes we're doing is simply because they are so very Norwegian in their intent, uh, yet they just remained obscure and never, never really got anywhere. Certainly not, uh, not at all spoken of in the hallow tones that all just about all other post-black metal Norwegian names are, you know what I mean? Um, they no, no.
1: Out- I mean, they, they were, yeah, they received no fanfare during their life. And I, I, I don't, I don't really only know of a few people, even within our sort of circle, that listens to them.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I, and, and this is, this is one of those episodes where like, I feel like that kid in, in 1988, you know, writing letters going, God, I, I hope, I hope that guy in Finland that I'm writing to is really into uh, numbskull, you know what I mean? Cause like, it's, <laughs> it, it, cause it, like, I want to draw some people out that uh, that might no answer. And we just don't know about them because really, really they, are, they are one of those bands uh, that you don't hear about them now, but you really didn't hear much about them then. I, I no. got to mention though, they did have some things going for them. Because they were on the Nocturnal Art label, Samos record label. Um, yep. and, and at that time, Nocturnal Art was linked up with Candlelight. So, you know, in the mid 2000s, there was plenty of good distribution. They had great packaging. They had these slip cases, uh, you know, jewel case, slipcase type things. And um, I know you've thrown away your slip cases, but that's, that's, that's you.
1: That's a, that's a conversation for another day.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. Actually, we're going to talk about it right now. Hunter likes <laughs> to throw away his slipcases if they feature the same art as in the jewel case. Am I right about that?
1: Yes, I hate slip cases.
0: What uh, if uh, what if the art is different, though? Because oh, then I'll I'm...
1: keep it. Okay, good man. Yeah. Good man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't like dust jackets on books either. Oh, you do? not No, I, I, I lo- especially love hardback books that have no dust jacket.
0: If you get a dust jacket on a hardback book, do you take it off?
1: No, 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 no. Well, I take, I take it off while I'm reading it.
0: Um, Oh, of course. Well,
1: and and then put it back on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It just, I don't know. I I feel like it's a flawed design.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's, I I appreciate your take on it. Um, I don't know if I love slip cases. They seem about as redundant to me as the super jewel case, which I know I've bitched about.
1: It's kind of stupid.
0: Why? Why this? I would love a super jewel case if it was truly super. But like, yep. those were never super. I don't understand why they're super. <laughs> they're worse if you crack it and fuck it up because it's harder to replace. <laughs> yeah. This is the old fashioned radical research tangent, I think. Perhaps I still got COVID on the brain, but I'm telling you, man, this is important shit.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. And it's like, you know, why make a CD case more difficult to open <laughs> and, and, and no more protected?
0: True. We do have to say, however, that we still love CDs. We're not, we're not, uh, we're, oh, not no. vi- we're not, we're not vinyl snobs. It. We 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 do love the CDs as well. Um, w- regarding answer, yeah. So so I wanted to mention the label thing. Also, wanted to mention that uh, I don't know what their name is. I've tried to look it up, and the only thing I get is anthropometric survey, which was um, um, a real thing used to collect medical data on members of the U.S. Army. So, why not? Why not? Warring like was the second album, uh, I believe. One of the guys is wearing camo in it, so perhaps okay. there's something there. Um, Could be anthropometric survey. Look it up. Uh, but they did they did um, shorten that as an S U uh, R, and Sir anthropometric survey. So the more radical of you, the the ones more radical than us, will go out and um, look that up. I'm sure and get back to us.
1: <laughs> we would appreciate that.
0: <laughs> yeah, because we we've taken that. Any uh, yeah
1: any knowledge gaps uh, that listeners spot in our shows. We, um, we're not prideful about that. We love research.
0: And here's the thing. And- we offer a full 100% refund of your donation to us. If you give us information, we don't know. So, okay. uh, really, I really backwards policy, no, but you, I know you weren't, I was going to tell you, but I was just, I thought it was so terrible, such a bad business plan that, uh, I kept it from you
1: it's probably not a great business for you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> dude if we got a lot of, of donations would be a thing but it's not so <laughs> anyway let's move on we're going to listen to another track from the band's debut album Axiom this is Interloper
1: The track from answer's now i'm saying answer and you were saying answer we've we've crossed
0: interesting wow that's yeah. that's powerful
1: well you, you know <laughs> you you you've always been a big influence on me so
0: <laughs> well and, and you me and yeah. i i you and you i and, and
1: okay that was a snippet from the interloper track on answer's first record so you may recall that I mentioned something about the guitar playing. Oh, yeah. That's why. Yeah. That solo is a head turner. And when we were listening to it, I was just thinking about the, the breadth of references and like the vocabulary of for such a young guitarist. Yeah. I mean, I heard everything from, you know, Vi to Richie Blackmore to Piggy. And then at the end that the last couple of sections there that we heard uh, you really kind of hear the band moving into almost fed wins into territory.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah they use a lot of either cleaner chords or you know just non-barred chords and right. it's just he's you know he's one of those guys that likes to use all this all six strings in the rhythm elements uh, of the music. So I think even on that score he's even more remarkable as a guitarist in terms of that. Cause I think he's the one that's really leading um, how this all sounds really. Uh, yep. It's very, absolutely. I, yeah, I totally agree with very that. Very guitar centric band through, through their short evolution, short, but remarkable. And I, and here's the other thing, you know, we're, we aren't, yeah, we cover a lot of obscure stuff here, but um, I like to think that these two bands are things that we want to look at on this episode, because there's a lot of other stuff out there that aims to be left field, avant-garde, progressive, whatever it is. Uh, and it's just not that good, you know we have right. to admit that there's probably more bad than good out there, I oh, suppose certainly I suppose it's like that with any genre or subgenre, but I think these two are very remarkable, and they're remarkable too because they're very they're post nineties uh none of them have any kind of origin in the nineties, so I mean they do as musicians, of course, but not as as bands and and ideas. two years later, uh the band comes out with uh an album with the excellent title of Warring Factions. Uh, 2008 uh, also nocturnal art candlelight same trio an album cover that Mm. i absolutely love and wish was on vinyl i don't believe there's a vinyl version of this but that album cover is possibly better than half of the great rush album covers and it looks like it could have been used by rush it's sure it's just wonderful uh any thoughts on that on that painting same it also looks tech metal. It's, it looks very, very 1993, like any of the, the, the single word album title bands. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, would have used this. Could have been atheist. Could have been pestilence. I just, I just can't tell you how much I love Warring Factions album cover.
1: So everyone, go check it out. <laughs> go, to, yeah. go to Metal Archives. Look at it. Then go buy it.
0: I love it. I love it, man. That's the end. This is over. You just said it. Now we're gonna jump to Warring Factions. This is a song on on this very compelling album called An Exercise in Depth of Field.
1: You know, I didn't ask before, but I knew that you were going to include that. <laughs> I mean, how how could one not?
0: Well, the thing I like about it so much, and we'll we'll get back to that, uh, is the two minutes before it are so like probably my favorite answer moments, possibly. You know, it's and an unbelievable
1: um, piece of music.
0: Yeah, so go. And I want to hear. I want to hear your thoughts for sure. Well,
1: I I think that it was. I think it was appropriate that you mentioned Rush in relation to the album cover because mm, mm. i heard a lot of rush in mm-hmm. that clip mm-hmm. there's a, there a, a very uncanny mix of techiness and also like complete joy
0: ah i like the joy it's almost can can you can you dig this it's almost like the joy on like the earliest solo stuff
1: I can oh, I can hear that.
0: Because it's it's a it, you're talking about the heavier moments too still. Yeah, yeah. uh I, I think there's an abandon which with this stuff is played. A buoyancy. I again, yeah, <laughs> not to not to keep pressing this word, but to look at the album cover while listening, we're flying. We're somewhere cosmic and beautiful. Uh right. it's a little dangerous. It's it's a little we may not we may not live to see the end of the day, but like for now we are just, The a is. Yeah, no, it's it's worth, it's, it's gone that. risk. That's why I said I think it's maybe my favorite piece of answer music is answer music. How, how are we saying that? <laughs> but yeah, it, um I, I like what you said about the rush thing. To me, I I I have had this vision before. It's it's sort of like Rage for Order if performed by Solofold. because I, I don't know why Ooh,
1: damn, I dude. go to Solifold. That's I just, an album. I would, yeah, I need that just album. just the
0: artiness, but with Alex Lifeson on guest guitar leads on that album. So that yep. that to me is a, there's a vibe and exercise of depth of field that we just listened to. That is sort of like, brings to mind that weird hybrid. If such a thing could exist.
1: That's a, not in this world. Maybe
0: if we get enough donations that we can build the time machine and ask The duo of Solafold to do it and offer them some cash. Yeah, if if their paper be looking real good, we (laughs) we have ourselves Solafold playing Rage for Order with Alex Lifeson on lead guitar.
1: Man, paper gonna have to be looking real good. (laughs)
0: You think? (laughs) I think they could be talked into that. Oh yeah, I mean, Mr. Bungle did their demo, you know, their '86 demo in 2020. (laughs) That's weird. Yeah, that's, that's pretty weird. That's not. I'm
1: still kind of scratching my head over that. We
0: might do an episode on that because I just bought it finally. Uh, you and I watched it live as it streamed on October together yeah. in Savannah the last time we saw each other. It's been too long, Damn, um, but, but no, I think this is important. I, I think it would be fun to do an episode on that. Um, I have so I still have very conflicting and uh varied thoughts on that, and I think it's important because them coming back even though that you expect the unexpected from them, that was something that I didn't expect and didn't really like in terms of, I think you feel the same way. I do, but we saw some good stuff on that stream, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, they played super well. I mean, Lombardo was great. Um, Scott Ian is a Jack hammer thrash guitarist.
0: He turned out to be perfect for that demo.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, in terms of, you know, rhythm guitar consistency, He's up there, like with you know, like prime Hetfield as a as a, as a player. Oh, for that kind of music, he's he's
0: absolutely top tier.
1: Yeah, yeah, man.
0: Yeah, the only thing I really wish is that if they were going to come back and do this, make this odd choice, right? Um, I wish they would have issued the nineteen eighty six demo officially with it. I think that had to happen, and they didn't do it because i love that demo i mean i think it's it's a really interesting demo there's never been anything quite like it when that came out in 80s 80, was 86 87 yeah 86 um you know I, I don't know when you heard that demo the first time but i didn't hear it right away I, you know i heard
1: it oh right. no it was years later oh. for me it was
0: between the first album and disco but um i was really digging a lot then and uh i think that's one of my last tape trades with Ron Quintana was that. Oh, nice. Yeah. He had the bungle stuff. I San Francisco area or California, yeah, sure. or California. So anyhow, um, yeah, I just, and I was, when they, when they were going to bring it back and only sort of present it as a new thing, it just seemed, it's still
1: so weird for me. <laughs> puzzling move. It's a puzzle. Sure. I, and I, I don't think you were, you and I are the only two bungle fans who've been vexed by that, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Well. Um, what about that bluegrass ending that um, that's actually in the middle of the song. Uh, we faded out, you know, with a snippet on it. It's surprising. It's when I first heard it, I thought of Mr. Bungle uh, of all bands. Sure. And it was something that between the buried and me, for instance, I was about couple, to
1: say, I, I think I remember thinking about between the buried and me,
0: they kind of co-opted it or this, I, you know, I don't know who did it first. I'm not going to measure it. I didn't think about it, but it's interesting. It, it works. It doesn't ruin it the way I think you and I both agree that the only moment in Disharmonic Orchestra's initial run, the only error in that initial discography, is uh, well, the, the rap part in Living Beat.
1: But that has a charm all its own.
0: Right, right, but yeah. but you're, yeah. y- if if somebody was listening to it with you and you guys were you you were just listening and and they skipped that part, you would not go no, go back. You got to listen to that.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pure flow.
0: Yeah, this one, I, I never get bothered by it.
1: Like I, actually, I listen to it. Um,
0: I smile. Like
1: the sort of, yeah, yeah, go ahead.
0: No, I smile. And I think because it flows so well, there's a, there's, a, there's a flow to it that it feels easy that they got into that rather than like, oop, here's the novelty moment. It's, yep. it's, it's what our friend Craig Zollard calls the, uh, the honk honk moment, um, oh. where it's just like suddenly everything stops and they go honk honk. And you know here's the funny part. And then we get back into the serious stuff.
1: Too, too much honk honk.
0: What I'm arguing is there's not too much Hong Kong here. No, there's I mean, not. How, okay. You no, I you just agree. remember
1: okay. Zoller telling me one time about an album and I don't remember what album, but he literally said in an email, it's too much Hong Kong.
0: <laughs> he, t- he said that about um, selling England by the pound by Genesis when he first started oh. <laughs> listening to that album. Well, hold on. He's really come around on that album. I I can't say to any degree of certainty that he doesn't believe there's honk honk on it, but he's not dismissing it because of the honk honk, which was his initial complaint, a honk honk. So we feel the same about the bluegrass moment.
1: Well, I actually really like that sort of raucous barroom buildup build up to it, too. Yeah, it's kind of convincing.
0: No, it is. I completely agree. We love really killer song titles, too, don't we? So um, this next one is pretty great. It's the final song on Warring Factions. We will be listening to another one from this album before we move on to Frantic Bleep, but um, this one is great. This is called Prime Warring Eschatologist. Where does that rack up on like like a, on a ten scale for you in terms of awesome song titles?
1: That is like at least in competition with, um, <laughs> with you know songs about absconding and hermaphrodite (laughs) choirs and such
0: (laughs) or marital decimation
1: or marital decimation
0: (laughs) prime warring
1: prime warring eschatologist beautiful accomplished as is the playing the musicianship there's a vaguely rickety quality to answer every now and then that i really love um i think you used the word abandon yeah
0: but well yeah um,
1: but th- there's a i don't know like human kind of imperfection a a, a wildness just a, sort of lost in the moment kind of attitude
0: that is just beautifully summarized loving and knowing this band. I've never really thought of it from that exact angle or that facet, but you are absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you think some of that comes from the vocals? They're unstable by now. It's kind of what you were saying about exercise and depth of field, this character, that prime warring eschatologist has there's a raucousness. There's an abandon. It's kind of like that bluegrass moment in exercise. So am I, am I on the, a similar spot as you in terms of what you're what you're saying about this.
1: You are. We yeah. we are currently not boring.
0: Again, I think I think the vocals can can add to it. There's a decrepit texture in, in his character. Yes. Um and I've evolved on that. I remember when I first got this album, and I know you and I had talked about it back then. We are bothered by some of the vocals on this album. I think you still are I still I still have a couple moments where it's a little not comfortable yeah. for me in a Tim from Pyogenesis way. Yeah. You know That's what I mean?
1: Pretty good, yeah. No, I, I, I do.
0: Yeah, but I and, love and it. He
1: does. He gets into, you know, a throatier, to your drier, mode it's, sometimes.
0: It's what I relate to. Just kind of dumb, simple, boring hardcore. You right. know, there's plenty of hardcore I can appreciate and love, but um, not, not that dry. I don't know. Just over macho (laughs) yeah um and just kind of (laughs) stupid you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) he said he sounds fat bloated and too many doritos you know but yeah but but i've come to like more of them than i used to i I think it's just important that if if people listen to this after this episode there it's uh, answers new to them give the vocals a chance on this album because clearly And we're going to hear one more example of this before we move on. Clearly, there's amazing music all over this thing. And you you, you described it in general. I'm just going to say that melodically, uh, this band is so mature
1: at this moment. Oh, extraordinarily so. Yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah. So we got to give a lot of credit to Torstein or Torstein for a lot of that melodic finesse. And uh, yeah, here's another example of it. This is a, a song from Warring Factions called At His Wits End.
1: from answer on at his wits end that song always reminded me of kansas a bit. oh
0: wow dude yes i've never seen that but i, I hear it now yeah yeah and I,
1: I i love early kansas and always enjoy hearing that band crop up in other bands music and, and they do stuff, they
0: do i mean they you know they really boring. do Kansas. They're really
1: something else. Uh, 70s I mean,
0: Kansas is great. I like a lot of later stuff, too, as you know, but I, uh, I, boy, that first run, even in the early 80s, is really, really great stuff.
1: And, and and what I just said is not a comment in any way on, you know, stuff past the first five albums. I just simply don't know most of that music. Oh, sure. No, I of course. I, I, yeah. I, should, I should investigate.
0: Yeah, well, I, I don't know the entire Teenage Fan Club discography either, but I could, <laughs> I could go to you if I need some information.
1: Right. I probably. Owned, I remember that was one of the the funnier parts of the CD uh, alphabetization project. It was. Were it like, was. Well, like <laughs> are these guys had good.
0: Yeah, I mean, you what? let me explain to people you you as a listener, or uh, and and as you know, a keeper and buyer uh, of physical stuff, and keep, you have a lot of that around, just like we all do. Yet, you're not a completist, and. I'm um not. You are with some things, but especially oh, short, yeah, sure, shorter sure. discographies, you know, but like yeah. you're a holy terror completist in a way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you Not, have I'm all you need. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. But you don't have say 10 albums or more by most artists. Yeah. This one you did. And I was like, wow, I've heard bandwagon esque and I didn't love it, but I wanted to appreciate it. And I, I picked up a copy for two bucks, listened to it once and, and got rid of it. partly because <laughs> of you and partly because of my friend, Danny. Uh, who also loves it yeah yeah so i know i know people that love this thing um and you had 10 albums by this band
1: well to to be fair some of those were singles so you know like uk bands in particular love to record way more material than will actually be able to be fitted onto a record and so there's always singles with b-sides and things like that tom haley Uh, is is a walking catalog of of European uh, guitar rock b-sides i bet tom haley owns like 30 travis singles just so he can have them all
0: dude i love that yeah kent
1: yeah oh that's a that's a whole other level right there yeah yeah
0: all right yeah we can go on yeah how do we get into this
1: i don't really know we got how do we get into teenage fan club from answer I don't know. Let's oh, yeah, yeah, We were talking about, um, yeah, complete, yeah, having, you know, complete surveys of bands discographies like Kansas and.
0: Oh, you mentioned Kansas. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. I assume um,
1: that's, but still, the yes. road from Answer to Kansas to Teenage Fan Club is a circuitous one.
0: There, there's probably somebody out there in Croatia right now going, reel it in, you know, like, <laughs> come on, guys, my guys, back, back to it. Um,
1: that's a stretch.
0: There's nothing more to say other than like, you know, I love, I love your Kansas comparison. I love what you said about prime warring. It's just greatness. I, I really like where they ended up. It's very sad that they didn't go on. They broke up in 2011 and they reformed as this band called L E um, I X I S likes my
1: th- best guess.
0: Yeah. They had announced around then or 2014 or something that, um, you know, it was, it was to have melodic vocals and feature a more progressive rock oriented sound. So I want that. I, I kind of would hope they'd stay a little bit in the metal world because they just have such a great grasp on that. I totally agree. But yeah, sadly, nothing even materialized from this. This likes this band. I'm sure I speak for you, Hunter. When I when I say like, you know, I would love to hear Torstein in that context.
1: Oh, I'm sure that he would he would shine. So, not that we ever cover Norwegian bands that have been historically neglected, right? It's pretty much what we do these days. (laughs) Um, We're going to move on to another very sadly. Well, I wouldn't say they're short-lived because according to sources that are to be trusted, the band is actually still together.
0: Uh, Hold on. Let's stop there and and discuss that a little bit. I've heard that too. I've heard that too. I had a note about that. I don't believe that. I don't believe it either. I think that it, I mean, that it was true. Maybe five that even I'll even buy 10 years since since apparatus, the first album, but I don't buy that. There's still a, a going concern. It just don't, you know, especially if, if we got through like this time, these last two years on earth and like people had more home recording time, these guys wanted to make an album or come back. This would have been the time I would think. Yeah. They probably all have kids. One of the guys in Matter Mattermortem is in Mattermortem and has been since their beginning. I'm sure that doesn't take a shitload of his time. Like if Frantic Bleep was really working on a second album, we'd have it. We'd have the second Spiral Architect album by now too, but that's all bullshit. Like they were never, yeah. they, they knew totally they were going to make a second album before they got out of the studio, I believe. But totally agree. Anyhow.
1: But anyhow, yet yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the catalog, the Frantic Bleep catalog is even scanter than the answer yep. all we have is one demo uh, from 2003 i believe called fluctuate mission and then one album that was released on the end in 2005 called the sense apparatus and, and for anyone who's not familiar with frantic bleep there low profile might be even more surprising than that of answer. Cause I, I yeah. feel like frantic bleep's actually got some commercial potential. Um, and we yeah. we'll talk about, because another band kept coming to mind when I was listening to sense apparatus and we'll talk about it later. Cause I'm ah. almost certain that you and I agree on this and have talked about it before, but uh interesting without further ado, let's get into it.
0: Lots of thoughts. Fluctuated mission. Any wagers on guesses of the meaning of that word? No. <laughs> it's nonsense. I've tried to figure it out. And there's what, the seven-fingered hand on the front? The blue, seven, the yeah, turquoise, seven-fingered no hand?
1: Yeah, no real clues.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it, it incorporates, if not more modern influences than answer, than more timely influences uh, with some of the textures. It's, it's very mid-aughts,
1: I guess. It Whereas is answer
0: sort of goes back. Sort of seems to dip back into the previous decades. This one is squarely in the mid aughts. It just has,
1: I, I'd say modern is a fair estimation of, of this band's sound.
0: Some degree too, of a band that was a contemporary at the time in Norway, twisted into form the band, not the, yep. not the forbidden well,
1: No. You can <laughs> I totally agree. Um, I'm going to save that other band um, until we get into uh, the sense apparatus, because I think that the parallels are stronger. Um, okay, okay. But yeah I, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's some techiness going on here, too, that is right in line with the twisted into form comparison. Um, but twisted into form, and I think one of the problems that they had is that well, they didn't sound like Spiral Architect exactly, and they were also incorporating more modern sounds and textures into the music with some yeah, electronic yeah. elements.
0: We might have wanted yeah. to, to play some Twisted Into Form after, our, after the ep, uh, episode on Spartal Architects, one and only album, just yes. because I, I like that there's as many similarities as there are differences, or I, well, I should say that the other way around. I like there are as many differences as similarities. Uh,
1: I totally, I love that album. Oh, me I mean, too. I think it's wildly underrated.
0: What's the one song you don't like? And I always ask oh, you, oh, I can never remember um, which it is.
1: It's the third one. Um, it's torrents.
0: What is it Dude, about torrents you don't a, like?
1: I don't. It it sounds like it sounds really loose at the beginning, and like I don't really like the beginning riff. Huh? Um, It just sounds kind of, I don't know, uninspired compared to the rest of it. Gotcha. Man, talk about like a strange album title, and uh, the cover's pretty interesting too. Kind of.
0: I've never made any sense of the cover. I mean, it's roots, branches. Yeah, yeah. Soil looks. It looks subterranean somehow. It does. Um, I actually
1: like the, uh, the lettering and the formatting on that cover a lot.
0: It's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little bit, yeah. a little arty kind of the way I always envisioned at the gates going uh, yeah. their earlier, artier stuff imagery wise, but yeah, great title. Then come, then comes affliction to awaken the dreamer. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And the flutter Kings. I don't know if that's like about porn, but we'll just,
1: <laughs> we'll just move on. <laughs> Let's just, yeah.
0: You know they, they really start out really strongly with this demo. Obviously, um, they hail from a town called Kone, Oh, I'm going to fuck this up. Kongsvinger. Uh, it lies just northeast of the area that Answer hails from, in the southeast of of Norway. But um, the only other band that they had any tie to was this obscure band called Laughing Man, um, who had just a little bit of output in '94. I don't know what I don't know what it is. Um, know anything about Laughing Man? I do not. I like the name.
1: Yeah, I do too. Especially I- for
0: a Norwegian death metal band laughing man that's yes, cool. what they were supposed to have been but yeah let's move on to the second track that you selected as a stuff from this demo um got yes. anything to say about to bleep or not to bleep
1: i i think that we let the music do the talking and then we let the music guide us into some talking or not to bleep or not to bleep Intense.
0: intense uh there's there's uh, there's levity there that there was also in in the answers prime warring eschatologist yes uh, uh, less shocking
1: i think impish is the brand of humor in which this band specializes
0: impish i love that
1: there's you know there there's uh, a mischief that runs through the what would appear to be the indigenous humor of Norway. Ah. Um, and I think this is just a part of that tradition.
0: Yeah. Great, great point. I think it's the only reason too, that I think I've ever thought that this album could be likened to faith no more because there's an impish humor and sort of um, <laughs> Absolutely. N- knowing snideness to some of their music that, um, <laughs> Very that much was, so. that was in To bleep or not to Bleep. the guitar work on, on that snippet, man. Wow. I'm going to get really specific here, but like second album era agent steel, Bernie Versailles and Juan Garcia. And then um, Rob Cavastani from death angel and like in terms of the soloing, it's like a lot of whammy bar, but using it really melodically being really creative with it. And also having this attack from, you know, their earlier instincts and just, wow, it just kills. It's great.
1: So yeah, those are great, great comparisons. I would even say, Rob. yeah, Rob's an underrated lead guitarist.
0: For sure. Yeah. And no, I can get some people not liking some things on the, say their second and third albums, even though I love those dearly, you know, when they got funky, it was a little stupid, but they were great. And he was always fantastic in that band. I think, yeah, good point. Rob Cavastani. Yeah. He's outstanding. So I guess it's time to move through their next album. Their only album, the sense Apparatus. Album. sense apparatus is, I don't think of it this way because <laughs> I'm in the U S and I worked at the end records when this came out, but this is the end in North America. This came out on earache records in Europe, but I think this is so interesting as an earache album in 2005.
1: I mean, what the hell? Eareache means so much
0: to us in so many different ways. Um, Yeah.
1: And I don't know that earache in 2005 even had, you know, a a central identity anymore. Yeah. That's exactly,
0: that's exactly the point too, is like, yeah. The '90s, obviously, we don't even have to say. They started to lose it near the end. They changed their logo, or at least changed the logo for most of the albums. Uh, and then they really got wayward and they really had never recovered. Um, yeah. They've had some successes, and, and you know I don't want to slag anybody there, but by 2005, I just don't yeah, there was no direction for Eache, so but I like the idea of it having been on Eache. I'd love to have it if it's got the
1: uh, original Erich logo. Oh, that would be pretty. I'd like anything with that logo.
0: Well, any, especially a, a, just a one-off Norwegian weird prog sure. metal thing. You know, I mean, for uh, for me, that's like that's got all the cache a CD needs to have for me to put it in the collection and buy it. You know? <laughs> Let's listen to it. This is the first of three we're going to play from the Sense Apparatus. This is the Expulsion. You know, I like, I like how we're getting sort of mid-aughts looks at Norwegian tech metal, essentially. I mean, there's a lot of other things going on. It's obviously post-black metal, especially in the case of Answer. But um, both of these records are pretty technical. And you being yes. a tech metal, tech metal fiend and expert and lover and player, how do you estimate these in that, if we're, if we're looking at it under that lens?
1: I'd say that both have a great deal of that in... You know, in their DNA, I—I I don't think I would go so far as to call either one of them tech metal.
0: Okay, you're um, pretty strict with your definition.
1: I, I'm probably a little—I'm stricter than most, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you,
0: you didn't even like when I called "Awaken the Guardian" proto tech metal. Boy, we, we we had a little dust up after that
1: one. We had we, it was a yeah a bit of a dust up. <laughs> we don't always agree. Oh, oh Kansas City Square Dance. <laughs> But, but I mean, like, there's no doubt that there's tech metal in this stuff. Yeah. Um, And, and, you know, I I guess I would, if I had to give my opinion on, you know, some kind of generic category, I would say something like technical progressive metal. For me, I think it's like two, both bands are maybe a little too eclectic to be truly tech metal.
0: I wasn't really pressing you to, to really label it. I, I, I just more am interested in your definition of tech metal. And I think these, they intersect. They're just not wholly in the the sphere of tech metal. They yeah. intersect with-
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Okay. One thing I hear in this band that I really like, I've always liked about them is, and this is not a dig on green carnation post light of day. Um, but this band kind of took a more angular and challenging path that I kind of always expected green carnation to do after that, great second album sure. they never did and they, they did some great stuff uh and some not so great stuff but but whatever they did or whatever i thought they were going to do frantic bleep sort of came in and did yep i don't know if you hear any similarities but i i do in the accessibility especially the vocals that are kind of take on a, a lot of a smoother tone
1: so mm. the the band and i don't know why i keep throwing out of these breadcrumbs here but the band that like that came to mind probably the most for me listening to this again was leprous Oh, sure. The, sure. I, I think that like these guys are a direct relative to a lot of, especially what leprous was doing, you know, around bilateral.
0: Well, yeah, I, obviously they've made a trade of way more streamlined than that. Um, yeah. And great at it. I mean, I don't, there aren't many that lament that I, I do wish they would throw a little more unpredictability back into their music but it's okay a lot of great norwegian names from the aughts being thrown about here so um i think we're finding that this phenomenon that we love so much about 90s norway is actually very very much an aughts sort of movement too hmm Things there, um, that warm, squishy synth pulse underneath the vocals. Mm. I think that's really good headphone stuff because I'm listening on headphones right now, just because we're recording. I don't know if I've ever noticed it before because it's really under there. It is, um, but it's excellent. <laughs> I'm really glad to have <laughs> kind of discovered that. I've heard this album a lot. Yeah, uh, and Thank then you. that that spiraling guitar tone to me that's like got a psychotic waltz ish. Oh, death, yeah. L- later death, certainly some opeth in there.
1: Yeah, whenever i think about spiraling guitars i think about psychotic waltz yeah because no one's ever written for guitars like that nope um and you know it it reminded me too we were talking about bilateral how that record even when it's accessible it's got some subtle trickery going on or something surprising yeah it's like the rhythm on that song i mean it's a really melodic song it's very accessible very easy to get into but there, there's like a an extra 16th note tacked on to every other measure or something exactly just kind of like yeah. destabilizes it
2: and
0: it's funny you bring up leprous because i think uh, that's not a connection i've made so much with frantic bleep it's been other bands but mm. uh but that's spot on especially thinking about even leprous now they would throw that extra little beat or, or That's true. semi-tone or whatever it is into some unexpected place to make very seemingly simplistic stuff sound really strange you know like yeah. it, th- there is an element still to lepers that 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 does that it, and it's too bad that frantic bleep of course this will be said by both of us until we die it's so too bad there's not a second album by this band.
1: Oh, terrible
0: i mean what would you so i think they probably
1: i could see I could see them continuing to not just expand the sound, but just evolve in, you know, really interesting and hopefully radical ways.
0: The thing for me is like, what, how does a band like this go on after a debut like this? Simply because this is really well-formed. So yeah. It, it sounds. I mean, th- this really does sound like a band on his fifth or sixth album.
2: Yeah, you no, can imagine
0: them with this longer oh, past, black metal past, or something, and uh, and then this. But it doesn't. It's just it. It's, it arrives fully formed. I mean,
1: even the demo is e- extremely evolved. Definitely for for a, a first demo from yep. a really young band. <laughs> right, it's impressive stuff. Yeah,
0: no, it's great. Well, makes me want to listen to it more. Let's go to uh, Nebulous Termini. How about it?
1: How about it? vocals that come in there at the end
0: oh yeah, yeah. i believe I mean, correct me if i'm wrong but isn't that the only way they only time they appear in the album
1: on that uh, yes yeah and it's used to such a staggering effect there
0: and we faded that out it does go on longer that's our fade not theirs yeah
1: and that actually had me thinking of like ESON solo material
0: oh totally <laughs> that was a note i had this does remind oh. me of that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yep.
1: And that's great a great minds, thing. huh?
0: Well, I guess. Uh, as you were saying, <laughs> though, you had some other things to say.
1: Good, good enough minds.
0: Good enough. <laughs> good, good. enough minds think pretty much alike.
1: But I mean, again, just a really, really. I mean, just the the compositional evolution from the demo to this is a, a stunning thing. I mean, it's back to your point about how well-developed this band was, but I mean, these guys were already turning into really effective, clever songwriters.
0: Yeah. Uh, Even more interesting, perhaps, than them not even having a second album with this sort of talent and the ideas, right, the concept, is is that none of the guys really went on to anything either, as far as I know, other than one of the members stayed with Madame Mortem, as he always has. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, incidentally, the brother of the singer in Madame Mortem, the, uh, the, the female singer. Yep. Uh, there's another song on the album. I like a lot called sins of omission. Oh yes. Not a Testament cover.
1: <laughs> Actually. I think the intro is pretty great too. a survey. Yes.
0: Yeah. Good stuff. Probably pretty cheap on uh, discogs. I think you could probably get axiom warring factions and sense apparatus for less than 20 bucks. So if you find what's right. your excuse. Yeah. So, what's your what's your fucking excuse? What's your um,
1: fucking excuse?
0: And dude, you you know people out there, uh, Indiana, Croatia, wherever we have listeners, you get those slipcases, toss them out.
1: <laughs> Nobody needs that shit.